Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And what's going on, everybody? Well, quarter end, month end, half year end, it's ending. But will, but will the, will the, uh, uh, will the, will oil ever stop going up? And of course, uh, based on what I talked about and what I do, I had to puke out. Part of my uh, positions yesterday, I uh, kept my uh, my minis uh, from our our referral service, but uh, I hope I didn't get any puke on my feet because it was it was ugly. It was an ugly, ugly trade. Uh, sadly, sadly, we know we're right, but that's the key. It's one of the keys about about trading and about markets in general. You're always going to be right eventually. But again, the point is, do you want to go broke trying to be right? And that is, that is always the key of the discipline. You know, we talk about this often about understanding where your exit is when it's, when it's time. Understanding when you're no longer welcome, basically. And, you know, that is something that we have to always recognize is when are we no longer welcome in a market and obviously they don't want us short crude uh, so we had to say sayonara goodbye and take the puke job now the pattern itself backwardation is very bearish but we can't we don't know when it's going to end so we have to be prepared and and we have to be ready to be um uh, we, we have to be ready to move and go to the next step and the next level because, as we always talk about, is understanding where it's time to go out. It's very similar to the metals right now. They, the metals look like they'll never go up again. I wrote this morning for, for Kitco talking about that very fact that, you know, the bulls are getting very frustrated. Uh, the oil, gold keeps going down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what goes on. The markets continue to work their way lower. And at some point, um, you know, it will go up again. But for now, what's the point of stepping in? Okay. You know, we, we, we took our shot in oil and stepped in and kept stepping in. And now we have to be out. In, in, in gold, there's no reason to get in here. We know it's going to rally at some point. But the question comes, where will the rally come from? Uh, when will it come and why will it come? And again, we know that markets don't announce themselves. We know that, that there's nothing out there. But you've seen where, and I think one of the key things to look at and watch for is 
that uh, gold has had a lot of reasons to go higher, but it has not managed to do so. So what does that mean? Well, it means that it's probably not going to go up yet. That you know, again, we, we talk about this a lot. It's not important to be first. It's important to be right. And and, and I think that that is something that we 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 miss out on as as traders. Is that you know if if we always you know are too stubborn to to say well, oops we're wrong I think you end up with a, a much bigger uh, problem. And and that is something that, you know, it's part of the trading world. You know, uh, if you remember from the movie Trading Places, you know, that can't be right because they had supposedly in, inside information. That can't be right. Well, what do we talk about all the time? The markets are always right. So, you know, you, you have to take and follow the overall market footprint that it leaves because that's where you will, will find the most success and the best opportunities. If you decide that you are bigger than the market, which you are not, then you will find yourself uh, pushing a shopping cart around. Uh, and that is something that we have to always keep in mind is, is what is, how can we create the best action? So when you saw oil, excuse me, gold, on those days of fear when it was still going down, it's very similar to the VIX. You know, we, we often refer to the VIX telling you that if the VIX is, you know, if the markets are way up and the VIX is starting to rally, that usually will indicate and suggest the end of a rally. If the markets are way down and the, and the VIX is going down, that's usually a sign of the end of the sell-off. And again, it's not an exact correlation all the time. But those are general ideas, and, and that goes back to, well, that that can't be right, okay? And, and that's where we have to be able to make that key decision uh, and, and, and put ourselves in a position to be correct and to put ourselves in an opportunity to have a much better shot at, at, at what we're trying to do. Because, you know, as we say, the market's always right. You're not going to outsmart or outguess them. And, you know, trying to force your opinion on the market will never do you, give you the best size and the best chance. The best chance is done by observing the market pattern, by watching the markets work, by putting yourself in a position to be successful uh, without being so stubborn that you can't get out. Okay, now you know over the years I've taken many big losses on on positions like this, but I've always had what we'll call the old puke point. But on the other side of the coin, I've had some obviously some very big victories because of the type of the style and watching the markets. So if you remember to always understand where your exit point is, where your puke point is, you'll be in good shape because at the end of the day. What's the key to markets? The key to markets is being in the game, being able to play, because once you decide that you're that you're not that that you are bigger and better, you are putting yourself 
in that position to say, I'm too good, I'm too smart, and that done, that done does put you in a, a position of failure. And, you know, again, trading itself has en- enough failures without forcing yourself into another opportunity of failure. And that's one of the things that we always want to keep you in the loop about is how to stay and keep yourself in the best position to be successful. And that's what the Bubba Show is all about is to help you help yourself. In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show. And I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And of course, I want to remind you to go to libertytalk.fm and first of all, download this show every day and download the Sporting Edge over the weekends, but also put yourself in and listen to some of the other programming that we have. I mean, we've got 24-hour day programming, and I think you'll enjoy it, and I think it, it works, and so make sure you check that out. And, of course, uh, don't forget to get Bubba's Daily Update, which is available to you for free. All you have to do is go to BubbaTrain.com. There's a little box that will pop up, and I will email you every day after the close, a three- to five-minute video just telling you what I saw, what I think is going to happen. And uh, and what to, how to plan your day tomorrow. So basically, we're trying to give you tomorrow's newspaper today. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're going to step out here for a break and come back with more of The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show. We're coming right back after the break. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, and we're going to go ahead and listen to a little bit of Mr. Bill Whittle and and crew uh, as they talk about what's going on around the border. Here we go. During his campaign, he said, I alone can fix it. Why doesn't he do it now? I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Gentlemen, it's been all over the news and everyone's been all a Twitter about the fact that parents are being <laughs> separated from their children and vice versa at the border um, in McAllen, Texas and elsewhere uh, because the Trump administration has decided to enforce the law and uh, so-called crack down uh, on these misdemeanor border, border crossings. Um, Here's the question, though, gentlemen. The president, his wife, Mark Short, his director of legislative affairs, and any number of other spokespeople for the administration have all said what a horrible thing it is that parents are being separated from their children at the border. Now, the president has said that it's the fault of the Democrats who could end it very quickly if they would merely produce the few votes that they would need to create a supermajority in the Senate and get the legislation, which he points out was democratically passed legislation, (laughs) changed so that parents wouldn't be separated from their children at the border. But that's not the point. What what do you make, Bill Whittle, of a guy who runs for office saying, I can fix it, then gets in office and says, I think that's a horrible situation, but won't fix it? Well, the fact that we're having this discussion means that something's happening that wasn't happening before, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean for a second to say I'm satisfied with this. It's 18 months. I haven't seen any of this wall we were promised. I'll get to that in a second. But the fact is that we are having the conversation because he's doing something different and, and is, in fact, thinking about actually enforcing this law. 
uh, I think one of the most on-target things I've ever said, certainly it surprised the hell out of me, was, um, was, look, we need a wall because the Democrats wouldn't let us have a border. When you have a border, it's a secure and patrolled border, and people are allowed in legally through certain entry points and so on. You don't need a wall. You don't need all of this stuff. So let me just get to this, to this business about uh, families being ripped apart and so on and, and who's responsible for this. Let me give our progressive friends an example that even they can understand. Forget about the, the, the honest campesino who's trudging through the desert on his, on his trusty bureau. Let's put all that aside for a second. Go with something that you can understand as a progressive from San Francisco. Let's say that you decided to take your family. Well, you don't have any families, but let's just say you were to, decided to take some children that you adopted uh, temporarily and you were going to fly to Japan on board Japanese airlines and you went down to San Francisco airport and by some ledger domain or other, which means uh, chicory and, and magic for you uh, progressive guys, uh, you manage to get on board the plane. This is the point. You get on board the plane with your family. You fly to Japan. And when you get off of the plane in Japan, you understand, you knew the whole time that you don't have a passport and you don't have a visa. Well, guess what's going to happen to you upon your arrival in Japan? You're going to be separated from your family. You'll be separated from your family because the Japanese officials responsible for keeping their country a country are going to ask what on earth possessed you, a grown man, to think that you could get into this country and just walk in without a passport and a visa. They'd look at you as if there was something seriously wrong with you mentally, and they'd be right. And then you'd have to ask yourself the question of why did you put your children through this humiliation and this disgrace and this trauma? Because I know and you know and everybody else knows that if I try to fly to Japan without a passport or a visa, I'm going to be detained. I'm going to be separated from my family. I'm going to be questioned and then I'm going to be sent back home. This is not a mystery to me. I know this in advance. So who's responsible for this? Would that be the responsibility of the Japanese prime minister? Is that his cruelty in action? Because he wouldn't let me bring my family on an airplane without passports and visa into Japan. And he had the audacity to separate me from my children so that they wouldn't have to be humiliated by the simple questions they're asking me about what kind of a lunatic I must be? I mean, honestly, this is exactly the situation. The people that have made the fundamental decision are the parents that bring their children on this illegal activity. But the reason they do it, I'm not insensitive to this. I live in Los Angeles. I know a number of of fine, hardworking Mexican people here, the hardest working people I've ever seen. I understand There are reasons for them wanting to get here. But the fact of the matter is, as I said, since they wouldn't let us have to have a border, we have to have a wall. And these open immigration policies of the last eight years and before that, too, the idea that if you could just get up and walk across the border, you're in, you're home free, you're set, is what's responsible for bringing these people here. And when enough people get turned away so that they realize that this is no longer a simple ticket to walk into this country, then slowly we'll be separating fewer people at the border from their families before returning them together and sending them back home, not in a barge or, 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 or on a, you know, in a chain gang. We're going to return them home and, and ask them to take the same kind of fundamental preparations that any of us would make if we went to somebody else's country. I saw a woman interviewed um, who was about to cross the border. She had a couple of kids with her and the reporter from MSNBC asked her and they they, like the camera went down and got a close up shot of the kids and said, you know, that there's been a change of policy is the way she termed it. And she was translating her her own English into Spanish at the time. Um, There really hasn't been a change of, of law, but the Trump administration has clearly used their prosecutorial discretion to begin enforcing a law that the Obama administration had decided they were only going to enforce when it came 
to um, criminals uh, who had committed a crime other than border crossing, beyond border crossing, dangerous criminals, as they would put them. But in any case, the reporter asked the woman, do you know there's been a policy? You may be separated from your children if you cross this border. Are you going to cross the border? She said, yes, I am. Of course she is. Okay. So the question I want to ask, um, Stephen Green, you're a dad. you got a couple of kids. How bad does it have to be in Honduras for you to say, you know what? It's worth it to crawl across the border into the United States and know that I may lose touch with my kids for some matter of days, weeks, months or more. Well, if you if, if you weighed the economic and, and in the case of a country like Honduras, probably also the political costs of staying at a home, you may decide that it's worth the risk. However, let's say you, I am a dad. I've got two kids, almost eight and 12 and a half now. Couldn't be prouder of my boys. Let's say I took my kids with me down to uh, Walmart and decided to go on a shooting spree at Walmart because, you know, shooting sprees are all the rage these days. So I shoot some people at Walmart and the cops show up and I throw down my gun so they handcuff me instead of shooting me. And as they take me away, I say, but you're separating me from my children. Do I really have anything to complain about? I knew the consequences going in that if you break a law, it doesn't really matter what the law is, you will be, if you are arrested, separated from your children. Those are just the facts. Now, I may decide that I think it's worth the risk because I just really want to shoot up a Walmart, or if I'm somebody looking uh, in Honduras looking for a better future, I may decide to take the risk too. But what I give up, what I give up when I break the law is the right to complain about what happens to me next. All right? That's just the way that works. You now you kind of you kind of amped up that analogy uh, pretty quickly, and the Honduran woman would say, "No, I was escaping a shootout at a Walmart when I left Honduras." Well, and that's, maybe that's she was. Maybe she was. And I I, I am completely uh, sympathetic to their plight. I believe that America is a nation of immigrants, and that our immigration laws are very stupid right now. We, we need immigration reform. I don't like this comprehensive word, but I think we can have more immigrants, but without, I, I won't get into that. It's, it's off the topic. What I'd rather talk about is the, the situation that we have. You know, Lenin had a thing that he said when he was trying to seize power. And we'll come back after the break and pick up with that. But, but what do you think about all that? And, and again, I, I think that, you know, again, I believe that people should come here, but they should come here under uh, legal. They should come here, I guess we'll call it the right way, going through the correct process to be here. You know, again, we've had people coming and crossing the borders forever. And again, it's not just Obama. It's not. It's all of them because we always turned a blind eye because it was, first of all, because of the money, because of the cheap labor that we were in, actually importing. So it wasn't the problem. And I, I think these are things that, you know, need to be looked at and need to be evaluated. And, and until that time, I, I think that that becomes the problem. But we do need the wall or, or a way to, to handle. I thought the example of Japan was, was perfect. Uh, because it's just if you go across, you know, if you go somewhere else, you need a visa. You need something to get into that country. And we're going to come back and listen to more of Bill Whittle and gang after the break. This is The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz. And, of course, don't forget about LibertyTalk.fm, the only station you need and where you can download The Bubba Show each and every day. 
So go check it out. And uh, of course, don't forget about our high school investing program, highschoolinvesting.com. We're just trying to help educate our youth. And of course, if you'd like to help us out, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're going to step out here for a break. We'll be right back with more after break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, and we're going to go back and listen to uh, Bill Whittle and gang. Here we go. Our, uh, in, in Russia, which was the worse, the better. In other words, this is World War One. The worse the Russian army does in the field, the better it is for me. Uh, the, That's it. The worse the peasants are starving out in the fields, the better it is for me. The worse the working conditions are in the cities, the better it is for me because I can use all of this stuff to agitate, to overthrow the czar, and then seize power. The worse, the better. And if you think I'm exaggerating about this, let me uh, give you something from John Storr. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with him. I found him on Twitter, but he's a media personality of some kind. He's got like 20,000 followers or something. He, he tweeted today, if Dems join GOP in bill protecting kids... They will be bailing out the GOP, rewarding the party for years of soft on crime slander. This is on Trump's head. Let it roll. In other words, he's holding these kids hostages to make the situation worse so that Democrats don't join in rescuing Donald Trump for enforcing a Democrat law. The worse, the better, Scott. This is what they aim to do. This isn't about kids. This isn't about our dumb immigration laws. This isn't about how poorly our dumb immigration laws are enforced. This is about making Republicans look bad and goddamn everything else is their attitude, Scott. You know, I and I can't disagree with your characterization of what the left is trying to do. But I think too often the uh, the debate in this country gets down to our um, our characterizing what the other side is trying to do. And frankly, in this situation, I don't really care what the other side is trying to do. I mean, what I do care about is the fact that there are people in the world who are so desperate for being to be in the United States of America, that they're willing to put their lives into the hands of, of ruthless coyotes and drug mules who are uh, who are sh- smuggling them into the United States and making great profits in doing so. I do care about the fact, frankly, as the president does, as his wife does, and the you know the, all the living first ladies recently came out with statements too. I do care about the fact that there is a situation at our border now where people are families are being torn apart. I mean, I. 
I've been in a situation where I came home and did not know where my daughter was. Okay, years and years ago, but I've been in that situation. I and it's I didn't think she was you know in the hands of <laughs> terrorists or or criminals or or even law enforcement. But I know that anxiety and what that feels like. And so, when you see that kind of situation developing at the border, and you see the White House saying it's wrong, and you see the Democrats saying it's wrong. And both sides saying, if it weren't for the other side, this could be fixed. You know, the White House is basically saying, hey, Democrats in Congress change the law. And the Democrats are saying, hey, President uh, Trump, you have the power to not selectively prosecute these people. You can decide to not prosecute as you have decided not to prosecute most uh, small drug crimes in this country, as the law enforcement has decided not to catch every single person who violates the speed limit. (laughs) You know, we can't we there's a whole lot of selective prosecution going on in this country. Why not in this case do what's right in the name of the children? So I'm not coming down on either side of this. And frankly, at this point in it, I don't know how this is going to play out. As we record this, the president is scheduled to meet with Republicans in Congress this evening and to discuss the approach to this. What I hope it does, and Bill kind of hinted at this, what I hope it does is that this has this uh, Trump has created a flashpoint for discussion around a problem that's been kicked down the road for too long, and we need to be able to do something about it. Having laws we don't enforce is no law at all. Saying, um, you know, that uh, that really the reason why we're enforcing this is just because we're people who are for the rule of law is disingenuous, too, I think, because we don't do that with everything. Trump is trying to make a point. Will he make that point to the effect that we get a more sensible border policy? Will we build a wall where a wall is needed? Will we open up ports of entry? Will we reduce quotas for countries or increase quotas for countries or get rid of the whole quota stupid system? Will we change the chain migration thing between relatives? Will we make it um, easier for employers to bring in employees or harder for them to do so? All of these are core structural process issues that I think are being ignored because some guy from AP got a beautiful shot of a little girl crying as the law enforcement officer was taking her mother into. And of course, that's kind of the things that we have seen, you know, over this period of, uh, you know, the uh, immigration. And I don't know about you, but but again, I would like to just see it all end. I would like to see you want to go to a country, you come in, you come in with the, the papers, you come in correctly. I mean, you know, again, I, I've been involved in this and, and, you know, we've had, you know, guys that, you know, over the years that I've seen that have worked and, you know, they, they, they get deported and then the, and two days later they're back in town. So the obvious is obviously there's a hole in the system. But I, I think, you know, I think one of the things you have to look at here as well is the overall cost of all this, not only the cost of, of the, of the wall, which is going to be part of it, not only the cost of uh, the employees that it takes right now to, to process the, everything, not only the, the space in the jails, but what about the ones that are through, for example, in the state of California, where the cost is astronomical, the amount of money that is paid to, uh, to illegals is, is unbelievable. And of course, we, the taxpayers, are paying for it. So, you know, they get health care for free. They get benefits. They get, they, they get all, everything in the world. And why is that? Where, when, when should we decide that that isn't the way that things should be? Again, I am not against, 
you know, having, uh, you know, illegals come to this country, but I'd like to come as I'd like them to come as legal. Okay, I think it's better for everybody. And and again, I, I think that we have to you know, go through the process. You know, my, my kids just went through, well, my, my daughter, my son, I was already got a job, but they, they, the interviewing process right now to get a job, it took, she had five or six job offers, but each job took about six to seven interviews. And basically you could, you know, they had, they bring in a proctologist so they can make sure they can see inside. But my point is, is, for just for a job, we go through. This. Why don't we go through this for people that are trying to come into this country? I mean, do we want terrorists? Do we want uh, people that are criminals to get into this country? I don't think that's what we're looking for. I, I mean, you know, again, I think that this is one of the issues, and I think this is more of the of the words of, of President Trump is that you know, hey, we need people. We've got jobs available, but. We do want these people to come in with a, uh, you know, we want to get the good people in. I mean, you know, they don't have to be geniuses. They don't have to be, you know, doctors and lawyers, but let them be at least people that, that follow the law. Let them be at least people that aren't, you know, aren't drug dealers, aren't murderers, aren't killers, and, you know, that are here to scam the system. And I think that should be, you know, more of the process is to, to, to check out you know what these are doing and 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 that's where you know i i think the problem is and you know i i think when we 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 let these things go away and and we become so much so much farther on one side or the other and and just look at who is supporting this you know pelosi and schumer and are we really going to uh follow them who are are part of the problem they are not part of the solution because they continually want to give away money they want to give away our money not their money but our money okay and and i think that you know I, again i have no problem helping people i have no problem doing any of those things the problem i have is is for people that are able-bodied uh they shouldn't be getting benefits and there is many jobs available. And I, I think that, you know, when, when we have to look at the process of what we Americans, and we're all immigrants, I mean, obviously, but what we Americans have to pay for illegals. Again, that's my problem. What we have to pay, the amount of our money that goes for illegals is unbelievable. I mean, again, it's 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 such a, a huge burden on this system, and and that's where I think the problems come in is is where we cannot let this continue to happen because we've got enough of our own people who have problems that need to be dealt with, and and that money that goes to illegals. Now again, this is a, that's the big point. It's they're illegal. They shouldn't be here in the first place, but yet they're coming here to get benefits now again you can be as benevolent as you want but are you the do you want to pay for someone to be here illegally especially if they're not if they're a criminal and 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 that is typically you know i would say the big majority of of the illegals that come here they come here they just want a home they want to they want a better place and they want to work hard but 
obviously there's a lot that come in that are here to scam the system because the system is scammable. Uh, they're smart enough to do it. They're, they're, they're smart enough to, 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 to figure out ins and outs. And let's not talk about the trade of people that come in, the, the slave trade and the, and the other parts of the prostitution and the child slavery. And just it's just everything needs to be cleaned up. And unfortunately, I don't know. I don't see it happening, but I think that Mr. or President Trump is going to try to do so. So let's hope he is successful at that. This is The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, and of course, don't forget about our high school investing program. We want to help educate our youth, and of course, I have paid for it for myself for nine years, and I'm now looking for some help, and if you want to help us out, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, forward slash Bubba Trading, and of course, don't forget to download The Bubba Show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. We're going to step out of here for a break and come back with our friend, Jane King from Lila Max Media, after the break. This is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll be right back with more of the show in three. Welcome back to The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with the one, the only, the extremely talented Jane King, Lila Max Media, The Kaching Report. What's up, Jane King? Oh, hey, Todd. Uh, doing well. Just another, I, the news just gets like more and more interesting all the time here and yet we've got another interesting week full of jam-packed news <laughs> you know it's, it's amazing when you, you just look at what goes on and 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 you saw the uh i guess the the socialist beat the incumbent and and that was i thought pretty interesting what did you take of all that well you know it's interesting because that's you know new york uh, but I had never heard of her until that night. Um, and then that all came about. Well, I mean, you do have to remember the district that she represents um, is the Bronx, and I think part of Queens, too. Uh, the Bronx is the poorest county in the United States. So, um, you know, a lot of people were receptive to that message about free education and free health care and free a lot of stuff. Um, and, and if you look at the numbers, I think there are only about 30,000 people total who voted out of, what, 500, 600,000? There's a really small amount of people actually even voted. So I don't know if you can really extrapolate the results of that election to anything that's going to happen nationally, but it was certainly interesting to see. Well, you know, I, I mean, the the millennials, if they ever band it together, they do have enough votes to, to do a lot of damage. And, of course, uh, there could be a change. I mean, I don't see it, but it certainly could happen. And I, I think this is... I, I think there's a lot of things are being created here that that could blow up in everybody's face here, uh, not too long. And I think that goes back to the swamp in Washington, that, that, which is why I think we have a lot of these problems. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so too. I mean, people are not able to. I mean, how can you, if you're a poor kid in the Bronx, how can you even hope to get a college education and pay for it? I mean, it's you know, I understand where they're coming from, but I think a lot of that. I mean. Who runs our colleges? I mean, these are elite people um, who probably vote Democratic in most cases. So, I mean, it, it goes, you know, it goes back to, yes, the same swamp, the same kind of people making the decisions and leading us into all kinds of problems from education to debt to uh, business. And um, that's why Donald Trump's elected. And that's why people are so receptive to different messages right now. Now there's some there's some talk and rumors about you know all this this student debt and and that there may be some forgiveness or some waived and you know and, and I and and I think that that might cause that might be a bigger bombshell than anything 
because, you know, people like me who paid for my kids to go to school, people who had to work their way through school, who have no debt because they worked their way through, and then to, to relieve debt to those who didn't, to me, that would, that would be almost a major bombshell. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I don't like the idea of debt forgiveness. Um, I think it's a bad lesson. I think it's such a horrible precedent. Um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to a lowering of the interest rate or a refinancing of some sort or a stretching out of payments or something to ease the load a little bit. But if you take out debt, you got to pay it. I mean, it's, you know, I, I've done it. I've taken out debt on things. I've sucked it up, you know, eating peanut butter for a month, you know, whatever, to try to pay stuff down. And it's a lesson that we have to learn. And the colleges are going to continue to charge ridiculous amounts. I was meeting with a financial advisor, and, and he was like, just count on college being $65,000 a year by the time your kids get there. Just plan for that. I mean, that's crazy. And I think, you know, they're going to continue to, to charge those prices unless the customer starts to demand something better. And they're not going to do that if they're getting bailed out of debt. So it's not a solution to this problem. Well, no, and 65, your kids are young. You better plan on about 85 because <laughs> I, I just finished. I don't know. I, I'm making a they're 9 and 11. I'm going to put them to work like ASAP. I mean, I've just finished paying uh, 60 for each Okay, and they're done. So uh, they only go higher. It's 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 a joke. It's it's really silly. But and I guess the real question is, is you know we have a, a public school system. I mean, why can't we figure out a way to you know not make it such a big deal that this university is so much better than the other? I know that's part of what we do, and that's you know kind of the the progress we make. But why can't we have somewhat of a a public college system? Where you know you want to go to the to Harvard, okay, you can pay for Harvard, but you can get a much better education, kind of like the junior college system, you know, at, at a, a local college, right? I mean, is that mm -hmm. is that something that could work? Well, I think in some ways these community colleges prepare people better for work than Harvard does. I mean, if you go and and you're in Harvard and all you do is sit around and talk about you know women's studies, I mean, how does that prepare you really for anything besides being a professor? Um, or a protester. So, <laughs> My Harvard you know, tie. The <laughs> <laughs> so the, the community colleges, I mean, they actually teach you a skill. And I, I think people are smarter. I mean, here's the thing. We really didn't, I mean, the financial crisis brought a lot of things to light. And the cost of education was one of them. And we're still seeing the implications of that. But a lot of people like our age that have kids that are young or in college or, you know, going to be in college in the next decade or so, um, they're pushing back on this. I've heard it from a lot of people. And I've heard it from not just the cost of it, but the curriculum and what they're teaching them. And I think that colleges are going to have to change the way they do business. Well, I, I, there's no question about that. And, and I mean, again, the, the whole system has got to change. But speaking of change, we have left this off most of the day. What about the tariffs? What's your take now? I mean, we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't see a problem with it. I think that it's actually, I, I like what uh, President Trump is doing. I think it's the right way to attack it. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I get what he's doing. I mean, I think I know a lot of really smart people are not for the tariffs, but yeah, they're they're unfair. And we've just kind of put up with it for a long time. And, you know, when people blame, you know, the decline of the United States and, you know, people are, you know, their wages aren't going up and things like this. I mean, you can point to these macro things like tariffs and like trade and like education, all those big things have just kind of become blobs um, for the reasons why we've been so stagnant over the past 30 years in the U.S. So, 
Um, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's, you know, a lot of it's talk, a lot of it's threats. I think in the end, um, the whole thing is going to get cleaned up and we're going to have a lot fairer situation with trade and tariffs with other countries. Well, now, I think, my personal opinion is a lot of these people, first of all, we're a society of, well, that's the way we've always done it. Uh, you know, and certainly if you're among the elite, why would you want change? You're, you're among the elite, so you, you're only getting more elite. Well, exactly. And the elites make the decisions. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a vicious cycle. You know, so I, I don't understand why, you know, again, I think we're doing the right thing. And I, and I want to say, I, listen, I first of all, I believe that it will resolve itself anyways, and there will not be any major problems other than the banter that's going back and forth right now. And I do believe that it's going to be better for the American farmer, for example, which is your background a little bit and your family. And mm-hmm. I think that they're going to end up much better because there won't be these quotas of shipping X amount and all these other things that go along with it. Because let's face it, grain prices haven't gone anywhere in 20 years. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I mean, the only thing that's really helped farmers is, you know, just increased efficiency. And so um, that's one thing that's kept them in business. And a lot of them have been stayed in business. Very hard to make money in farming. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I, I get what he's doing. It does need to be fixed. It's an imbalance and he's trying to balance it back out again and it's painful, but, um, you know, a lot of times things don't come without pain sometimes, especially when we've got fat and lazy over the past three decades or so. And by the way, I thought of it, you asked me one time, um, what I like, what's a true free market. I was at an art gallery last night looking at some art and I was like, this is a true free market. Am I going to pay $18,000 for a painting? I don't think so. No, you're right. That, well, that and cryptocurrencies, yeah. those, those are the those are the free markets. I mean, cryptocurrencies are free. They trade 24 hours a day. You know, you, there's nobody controlling yep. them. All right, last question. Uh, there's rumor that Trump wants to pull out of the WTO. Okay. Yeah. So, so is that is that bluster trying to squeeze the rest of this together, or is that real? What do you think? No, I think I think a lot of what he does and says is just kind of. I think he's just trying to shock the system. I mean, it's almost like, you know, it's an electroshock therapy on all these people that have just become so stagnant and and kind of comatose about the way things are done. You know, I think he really needs to think about whether, um, you know, that is a good thing um, in the end. But I think just the talk of it, he's going to bring changes. He's going to bring changes. It's going to take probably a year. Um, But there's going to be changes that are going to come and it's going to be good for the U.S. But um and we may never leave the WTO. We may never leave NAFTA. You know, all those things are just being still talked about and threatened. And I think this is all part of this negotiating tactics. Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Continuing Report. As always, I thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, Todd. This is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwitz. And, of course, don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you back here on Monday. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwitz. Have a great day, everybody. See you later. 